trends Listen to two best friends You just have the word on the strings Girl, welcome to Word on the Straits. The podcast where we unpack straight culture. And Latar Pag Pag Chai. I'm Sam. And I'm Joe. Reporting Hi, live from <laughs> the capital city of the United States on this fine election week we find ourselves in. Wow, bitch, you really are there. We're in two of the hotbeds of like discourse currently. I mean, Bro, you're we, in Pennsylvania. I'm in Washington D.C. We are. That's what I mean. This is. I think this is really what we wanted out of our podcast to be covering the election. This is the hard hitting news that people are looking for. We yeah. are the world. We are the election. Um, I'm coming to you live from inside of my closet. Like I said on the last episode, I've regressed and I'm back in the closet. It's sort of been inside the actor's studio, but it's inside your closet. Inside my closet with like a ton of old drag, which is this is. Um, I've decided to fully endorse the binary and split up my closets on my old bedroom into fully male and female clothing. <laughs> so I'm in Jose's closet right now and I'm actually performing. Are you powering up? Are you like, do you, are you receiving energy? I'm definitely, I'm very inspired right now if I can say so. I figured out what songs I'm going to be doing on Friday for this like Zoom show I'm doing. For yeah. PSU Opulence. I saw. Penn State drag show. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. It's like where most of my fan base still lives. State college. State college. <laughs> I'm huge in state college. Yeah. I, well, I just, I, I mean, I, well, just to think about the Zoom performance, drag performance, and just in general, like, it makes me, I just wish we could all go back to doing live stuff, honestly, especially yeah. after we did, even our small, very small live show over the weekend that we performed to five people. Yeah. felt so much natural and so much more natural and easier and just, like, better because we were in front of each other. It was uh, cool, and it was very safe, and it was very not a lot of people, but it was fun to do Yeah. That. It was so great and just like- And the terrible quick drag I put on. I didn't even like, I taped those French tips to my fingers. It was hilarious. It was was just so much easier to like gauge when someone else was talking or when they were about to talk or like, I don't know. I feel like it's so much, it's so much more difficult when you're talking over someone over Zoom rather than like interrupting someone face to face. Absolutely. It's like having another person in the call and it's the internet. It's like- the moments in between. The delays. It's co- Comedy's all in the timing. And it's Girl. hard to do that with the internet. But, Joe, I mean, I mean, top of the hour, like, you worked at a polling station. Can you, t- are, are you sworn to secrecy? Or could you sort of give us an overview of what that was like? Here's my thing. I didn't sign an NDA, girl. And like, I've signed an NDA. I've been on a set, like maybe in my life. But... I didn't think you would actually, you were sworn, but. No, so like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if I can go there, there, but I can talk about it for sure. I imagine it's all public information. I was a judge of elections. At the end of the day, it was such a boring job. So like, like everyone was like, what is this election gonna be? And then like the reality was like past three, we had like, absolutely so few not like so few people but like the lines died down at my polling station but you know that's not the story everywhere it yeah, was wait okay so but you were the judge of the election like that is like the number one that you are like chief rooster of the polling station right like not really i'm not like 
Girl, kind of. For my precinct, my district, I was the bitch who had to go like do the things with the polling place, get all the equipment together and like ensure that the um everything was distributed properly and the machines were turned on properly. So yes, I was like the judge of elections. I was kind of the bitch in charge. Like when problems would arise or like somebody like needed a provisional ballot or like had to surrender their mail-in ballot, which was a thing like people didn't know a lot about when they came to vote because of the whole, everyone getting a mail-in ballot this year. You have to like give it to the polling people when you come to vote in person, if you were issued one, because otherwise your vote could be counted twice. So you, you have to give it up, otherwise you vote on a provisional ballot. And not everybody understood that. So there and was- you were the person like dealing with all that? Absolutely, I was the bitch giving you the provisional ballot. I was that girl. Well, it sounds like they put their trust in the right person. I really, they must have seen your video. Did you send them your reel, and that's why they put you in charge? Girl, exactly. I was like, they must have seen the they must have seen the hex video. No, I was like, could you imagine? Like, you guys, I was thinking about this. Like, the place the drag has in politics is so good, and like, but like I said before, I feel uncomfortable about people like running for office in drag until, of course we reach the Hunger Games capital society where everyone is their David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust persona all the time. Like until everyone's in drag, you know? Why are you bristling against people running in drag? I guess is my question. I don't know because it feels like disingenuous and I feel, I have drag queen friends that agree with me. I don't know. It's just like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, I think drag has a place in politics, but I don't know if you should like play a character as your actual, even though we know all politicians are playing characters, it's like, I don't know, am I too attached to the ego, even myself, after like detaching into other personas all the time? Is that fucked up of me? Cause like, IDK, I don't think I we should have fucking bitches and <laughs> that much makeup, even though, you know. I yeah. know everyone's in drag all the time. I'm thinking about optics is what I'm thinking about. Well, I but feel like it's- back of me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I feel like I'm not saying I don't like. I'm so excited about the trans senator who was just elected from Delaware. Like that's so fucking dope. But I don't know if I need like pissy. I, no, I don't want to say anyone's name, but just like you know, Jackie Jormchomp in office. <laughs> but like, it. I feel like at that point it's just for the optics. Like they're only in in the drag for like the photo for the like. I calling that. card or like the slogan right and then like their beliefs and what they want to get accomplished is like the 98 percent of the job but to me drag is anti-establishment in a way and yeah. like being a drag queen in office is like you are the establishment like what's going on there i don't know like I don't know. And this is a lot about this election. Like that's changing. Democracy is changing a lot in that way. But like it was, it is, I don't know. RuPaul said drag will never RuPaul be mainstream. Said, yeah. And then, but like, that's not true anymore. You know, it's like, it is. Mm-hmm. Irregardless, fuck all of this. I want to bring in our guest because I love him. Okay. Sorry. Let's do we that. can talk about it more, but I just like want to bring him in before we do. I would okay, that's perfect. Um, and I don't even know if he knew what you were up to yesterday. So maybe he has questions or th- thoughts on you know I you know or maybe he has thoughts on drag queens running for election. Yeah. Uh, 
this fine young man is older than me, but he is someone who went to Penn State with us, though we did not cross over at the same time. He was mm. involved in the comedy community at Penn State, and we became very good friends with him in the comedy the community. The comedy crime community. The comedy crime community in New York. Uh, he is a future husband, current fiance. Back Let's in. bring him in. Please welcome to the pod, Kevin, Kevin Gallagher. Gallagher. Hey, everybody. Hi. Oh my gosh. Hi, Joe. Hi, Sam. It's welcome. really, I can't tell you how happy I am to be on this. Um, and I do have questions for Joe, but for God's Long sake. Long time coming. So happy to have you. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad to, yeah, it's such a pleasure. And I have to, I have to say, I agree with you about the fact that drag is kind of anti-establishment at this point. And it's starting to get accepted more and more, um, which I'm very glad to see, because I'll tell you this, I had never mm -hmm. attended a drag show before I moved to New York. And once I did, I said, this is so much fun. I love it. I would so go to more of these. And it was a hoot. I got to tell you, it was really something Great. that I loved. And if I stayed in Pennsylvania, I would have never seen one. So it always makes me glad that I moved to New York. That's not I true. There's a lot of good there drag is, but I feel like it's a, it's much more accessible to like it's, the everyman in New York. I think that's exactly right. Oh sure, yeah, yeah and so, absolutely, absolutely, because PA bag is, PA drag is busted. A little um um, <laughs> bash forward to the world on the streets this week, but. Absolutely. No, drag is everywhere in New York, though. And there's, like, even, like, like for every different neighborhood, there's a different style of drag, too. Definitely in the boroughs. Like, Manhattan drag is insane. It's, like, Broadway level most of the time. It's crazy. Joe, I want to ask you something that I heard through the grapevine of a mutual friend of ours. And I want to no. know if you actually said this or if he was just messing I with me. I didn't say it. <laughs> he's our, our friend. I'll call him out because if he's listening, fine. And he'll text me later and be like, yeah, that was me. Um, our old friend and your old roommate, Matt Rainstein, yeah. said to me that you felt I would be a good drag queen. And is that I just, true? I feel like, yes. I feel like you would just like feel the <laughs> fantasy once you got all up in the geesh. You know what I mean? Like Whatever that you, you just said, fine. Once, but like, once everything. I, I literally don't think he knows what you mean. Like, I, I have think never he been in terms. What is a geesh? Geesh yeah. is just like it's just like a it's a slang term for like getting all dolled up in drag. Like, uh, are you in geesh? It's mm. like, are you in drag? I see. But Kevin, like, I've seen I, you. I've seen you fade into a character before. You you become other people. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love doing that. And actually, it's so strange because I used to, this is such a dumb moment, but we're, we're going to get into talking about PA, but it was actually one of these uh, junior prom moments. I went to my junior prom alone. Vibe. It I was think great. I went with two girls. God, see, <laughs> damn it, Joe. So I went alone and I had a broken golf club as a cane. Like, I didn't really care. <laughs> um, that's true. And I danced by myself on this, like, Gosh, where was this? The Radisson Valley Forge in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Iconic. Yes, Radisson. Oh. And there was like this balcony that overlooked the dance floor. And I started going nuts up there to what was the song? The Numa Numa song. Oh, and wow. the whole dance floor noticed and looked at me and was like, just keep going. And I I feel like I got lost in that moment. And then that was the first of many other ones to come. So if the I ever did that. Really? Absolutely. But wait, if you ever did drag, what? You would do that song? I would do that song. I've 
picked out my name Numa, Numa. and oh, I wait. don't know what my outfit would be. What's your track name? Uh, Jimmy Choo Choo. Oh <laughs> my God. I really like that. And I'd have a big, <laughs> um, a big butt. That's how I'd imagine it. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's your calling card. Hands. Yeah. I Just be careful with brands. That's my new advice is like, really? I don't know. No one's, no one from Jose Cuervo has reached out to me, obviously, because I'm so unsuccessful in drag, but, um, like, they haven't seen you dance yet. Right, exactly. Like, they don't know. Yeah. Like, they should have their lawyers after me, but they don't. But, um, I don't know. It's like, I'm always like, be wary of branded drag names. But it can work out. Trixie you know, Mattel. fair mm -hmm. enough. And you know what? I've actually found that there is, a, it, this is just me as a spectator. It looks so empowering to see someone dance in heels. Because yeah. I know... That's the thing. I would never be able to do that. And I don't, anyone who I see really you totally going at could, it. Kevin. I feel like I it let you wear my. Impossible. I feel like I let you try on my thigh high crazy. Maybe you, before, did you? If you I did, I, like I, I, did. I didn't dance in them then. Cause I feel like I'd be like a new, a baby deer trying to walk. I don't think <laughs> I have balance. I think I would collapse. I would break both ankles. Here's the thing. Those boots are like fucked up anyway. Like nobody should be able to dance in them, but I'd try. So. Those boots are literally not made for walking. No, they're not made for anything. And one time I took them on the train to like somewhere in God knows where Brooklyn. And I was like, this is a mistake. And I never did you it You wore again. them on the train? Yeah, I just fully was like, I'm riding the train in full drag today. I don't care. And oh, bless. It, I fell asleep on the way home on the train in full drag. It was oh, a low it. moment. It was bad. I only was like two stops past my stop. That's not bad. Pat I ended up. I would have ended up in Brighton Beach. I could have slept on the beach. It would have been fine. Oh my gosh. Sleeping on the beach in full drag. That's in Brighton. Sounds, that sounds so glamorous. That sounds like a perfect night. And then you just wake up and it's do they like Antibody I've bag. seen some short towns do this. Do they like do a uh, like drag of the beach? There's like a tractor out there at like six AM just like grooming the beach. Ooh. And, and I've I been like, it would be him. so imagine what those guys would be. Right, and you just see, a, they turn to their left and they see someone in full drag just laying out on the beach and they're like, yep. That's like Getting in the Spaceballs. Head start on your tan. That's like in Spaceballs when they're like, we gotta comb the desert. <laughs> Can we talk about how Joan Rivers is in fucking Spaceballs icon? Oh my I god, she remember is. that. Who is she? She's the C-3PO lady yep. robot. <laughs> That's yeah. her. It's, oh, it's an with, iconic performance. With the Virgin Alert, of course. Um <laughs> Kevin, you've always been a strong ally of the queer community. Uh, we met in 2013, and yep. you, we, you somehow dodged and evaded knowing that I was gay until the evening of the 2018-2019 New Year's Eve. You know oh what? God, I, I never asked, and that was wrong <laughs> of me to assume. And You I never assumed. No, you didn't assume. You just... No. You just, and uh, <laughs> I never even thought of it. And that's, I'm sorry for that too. And I don't know how I could have let that get past me. And it, when I, it is I'm just sorry so funny for, to me. I have been apologizing for like, first of all, you bring me up when I was at Penn State. I was not a perfect person when I was at Penn State. Oh, no one, no one is. No one is. I was bad. I was saying stuff. Now, my intentions were good, but that's always different from things that you say. And I've improved, I think, as a person. And what I want to say sorry for is that what you shouldn't do and what I feel like I did when I found out Sam was, was that I made such a big deal out of it and it mm. shouldn't be a big deal. And that was wrong of me when mm. I was like, really, Sam, you are? And you were like, yes. And I was like, really? And I'm like, really, bitch? You be second day? Yeah. And I'm like, you why am I making that a big deal? 
that shouldn't be a big deal at all. Kevin, I totally accept your apology. Completely unnecessary. I don't. I mean, that's not even part. We love that shit. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's funny, and it's. I I love you very much. I'm glad. And I, you know what? I think there were even moments where I'm like, before that, it might have been a month before that, you said that you were meeting up with a guy in our neighborhood, (laughs) and I was like, oh, cool. Sam made a friend. Yeah. I I mean, I did. (laughs) I very did. It was it was so perfect and it was so great. I am, you know, very happy to be on here with you guys. And I always felt like I wasn't I I didn't know if I would ever be on this. (laughs) Oh, my God. Of course. Because I had seen so many others. And I was just like, that's all people that like, you know, are promoting stuff. And I didn't know if I would ever be up to snuff. But this is really this is really. I'm so happy it means so much to you. But if you knew the process, um, if you knew the production process, you would really understand it's fully. I just... love the production process. It was so timely. Absolutely, I, yeah. Yeah. I, instead of bringing you on when you had something to promote, we brought you on at the exact worst time when you just had something to promote, and now Bye. it is no longer relevant. No, well, Kevin, regarded. what were you just promoting? I want to hear. I was on a terrible Zoom improv show with awesome. that lovely boy we mentioned earlier, Matt Rainstein. Oh, of course, yes. And our coach, Rylan Duncan, doing uh, a show called 30 Minutes, an hour of improv with Matt and Kevin. <laughs> um, always never give them the time that you're going to be on there because you want to keep them guessing um we started the zoom at seven we didn't get on there until 707 because (laughs) the good shows don't start on time and absolutely you gotta keep them waiting it was zoom improv it was bad and it was to make fun of how many times you've seen it before and you're like there's no way this could be good and there's a reason that you see less improv shows on zoom as the pandemic goes on it's like yeah this is a terrible idea i know this is how and that's real. I mean, that's what I was trying saying at the top. Where like I really enjoy improv, but like I don't, I don't know that I've ever watched a Zoom improv show. I watched Matt Rain live, but that was that's the only thing I've watched. That's like half scripted too. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a bit of both. It's that best of both worlds. But I I agree with you. It's it's just not the same. There's not yeah. the air in the room. You're not feeling the crowd. It's a, even just watching like the late night shows or like things like that where there's like no audience laughter is so strange to the format. Like we I was watching John Oliver a couple days ago and like he's just reading a monologue off in a room by himself and it's it's yep. it's still really funny and like well written and stuff it's just like completely different and like not what i like go in expecting do you do either of you feel like without and like without an audience a talk show or stand up or anything it just can't work here's the tea i don't know i've been thinking because in the beginning of the pandemic i saw a full ammo improv show on zoom our old fucking improv group at college and i was like they are really they were just like one of the first pitches i saw do it and i was like wow they really pulled this together and then i was like okay and then drag went online like very very quickly like instagram live had drag shows on it on march 20th like it was quick Yeah, like it took no time at all. And then I saw like a lot of drag drive in early too, but it's definitely not the same. And like in terms of like performing this drag show on Friday, I've been thinking about like doing a video, just like making a little like YouTube music video something. So it's just like a little bit more 
of a visual treat than just, you know, me standing in front of my green screen doing There's a rhythm to it shit. too. Yeah. It's like that that you know, the music helps it too is that you want to get into just sort of a rhythm, a beat like once you're in it then you're in it and you're and you're set, but it's so hard to get that if the energy's not there you know the above a certain level. Yeah, exactly. It has yeah. to be there. And if it's not present, you're screwed. Yeah, and I'm not saying it like is impossible to do like with talk shows or like a like an improv show or anything without an audience present but i mean it's just like it is just so it, it just feels entirely different it just is not the exact it's not the same thing obviously and it's just like it's it's much harder to accomplish good stuff without an audience there like to play on yeah yeah i agree because the audience is adding their own like you get to really feel them personally as what kind of audience is this because none is this, exactly the same and totally. yeah, you learn from them too. I miss that the most about the pandemic is that it's taken away that, it's taken away that community, you know? I know, and like all of the crazy performance art that I love is like, oh yeah, like body art that's like all blood and guts and like crazy, you know, like none of you that You can see something happening. you've never seen before and it yeah. takes you completely by surprise and you never forget it. Like. I was at a show, it was actually around this time last year, it was a Halloween show. Um, do you know uh, Graham Teckler and Sellers Web? Of course. They, they did. It was like a show where it was like one minute acts, like you would get up there and just do something for a minute. And they had oh, like I heard 30. About that, yeah. It was a great show. And it was one act, it was, I, I wish I remember who this, uh, I never met her before, but she. this girl got up there in like, it was like a Halloween, almost like a Girl Scout outfit. And she just started singing, like bobbing up and down like an Oompa Loompa and saying like, all I want for Christmas is a pocket full of warm juice, pocket full of warm juice. Po and it, <laughs> it was just, for some reason, a year later, I still sing that in my head. Like yeah. I'll be walking around the house and it, it sticks with you. And I said, when else would I ever see that other That's than a live impact. show? Right. Like most random stuff. And I'm sure, listen, I haven't been to enough drag shows to appreciate the stuff that is seen there, but from what yeah. you described, it must be phenomenal. And especially you get all the energy from the audience, like absolutely. Like drag queens will literally go out into the audience, collect money, sit on people's laps without, like definitely without consent, like <laughs> they'll touch you, it's whatever. But yeah, like it's so much about the audience, but times are now what they are and it'd be crazy yeah. and we are all living in the virtual space like look at us right now like we are all our avatars so that's yeah, why I've been kevin and i were talking before we started recording about how like i haven't like really talked to him in, like a year because yeah. <laughs> we've been like yeah apart which is so bizarre just to and think about the amount of time that it's been with everything that's happened in the last year like i mean think of the moves that we've made it you know out of the city and I know I was out of Brooklyn for a couple of months uh, in Pennsylvania, and then I, I'm back in my apartment since. I know, Sam, you had a big move, and now you're Pittsburgh, and then D.C., and then, Joe, you're in Pittsburgh. I don't yeah, live in D.C. Oh, I know. You, you're week. visiting. You're visiting. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. But, yeah, totally. Yeah, so right. I never see you guys, and, you know, it's how it is for everybody, and it sucks, but, you know, that's the important thing. Can I ask you, backtracking a second, and I know this is your podcast, so I'm sorry if I'm asking questions. Please ask questions. But yeah. Joe, you're so synonymous with, and whenever I whenever I bring you up, I have to talk about oh, no. your drag show because you're so much fun. And I tell people the the picture I show of you is in that 
cell block tango scene. Oh my god, I, I looked so. My fiance was next to you dancing, oh, yeah. and you are a mountain compared to her. Absolutely, you are like yeah. six six in heels, and she was like five six. So the name on say, everybody's lips. Yeah. So, but you're so synonymous with it. I always bring that up. Sam, have you ever considered doing drag yourself? Because I've always wanted to ask you if, like, Joe's ever tried to commit you to that. I've consideration. Yeah, I mean, consideration. Sure, like, I've thought about it, et cetera, but it's never been, you know, the right time. Never mm -hmm. done, never really thought to. I, I never, like, put anything together, like, did anything to. I never, I know, I guess is the answer. Like, I've never <laughs> given, like, dedicated thoughts. I just some looks, though. Not, Maybe not like high <laughs> femme drag like you mm. and I would think a drag queen might look like, but Sam turned, I mean, it was a Halloween costume, but the Tony Soprano look wasn't nothing. And like, you've turned a look or two, like your Ice King last Halloween was cute. True. I forgot that you did Ice King. That was a great costume. These are Halloween moments. Though. These are Halloween moments. You know, live show like performances. Yeah. Um, I do know the sorts of things. I, I would, my drag name is Michelle Fitzgerald. I've, taken that and i've god i love that's that name my, that's my ownership of that name um <laughs> and i feel i would do some sort of monologue from a tv show and mm. do a, I, I used to have a song that mm. i wanted to do as my first drag number but i don't remember what it is right now at this moment. i see this mix sam this monologue like broken up with like um static and then into like a song or into like other monologues i yeah. see it i see it I would love Sam to had, see. Uh, wait, what? Sam had a really good drag name once that we forgot, and I think I just remembered it. It wasn't Waxy Garbage, though. It was a different no. one, right? Wa well, <laughs> uh, I've had multiple drag Yeah, that was like your baby time. drag name. I, 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 at first, I think I was Waxy Garbage because we were talking about the the stuff that gum comes wrapped in, and it was, or, or was it Waxy Plastic? I forget. Um, it was Waxy and, Garbage. Okay, and then I was pussy redacted for a while. Oh my god, that's and really good. now I'm Michelle Fitzgerald. Uh, like having Michelle done Fitzgerald. zero drag shows as any uh version of this persona, you know what, guys? I've thought about it. What? If I want to see the world that is like not that the capital and the Hunger Games is perfect, but everybody was like Epi Trinket, like in drag every day, then maybe we do need drag queens in office, showing everybody that you can look ridiculous and still be taken seriously. And this yeah. is where I announce Jose Quiro is running for <laughs> Third party candidate. From um, another dimension, of course. I would totally vote for you if I saw that. My district yeah. is not on this plane. Because, I mean, just like, who? what is where, like, senators are all in their costumes or whatever. I, mean, I agree, not... and I know it's drag, like, everything that we are give people with our sartorial choices with our gender expression like it's all drag like everyone's just doing whatever they want to do i agree well, let's move into the word on the streets for today uh it's at the top, it's on the edge of everyone's lips at yeah this, this is time. actually the name on everyone's lips sort of the most iconic girl in the game at the, at, at the time of recording rising above the other 50 like that bitch yeah. Uh, so, th Kevin, today we wanted to talk to you about something that is so near and dear to all of our hometowns. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> we wanted to talk to you about Pennsylvania. We're all from there. Yep. Kevin, you're from the Philly area, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yes. Get the Philly fuck up. Up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a funny bunch of folks over in the Philly area. Philly is fucking wild. It's, it's cool a I, I am from um west of the city, um Del Delco, Delaware County. So okay. that's um gosh, it's pretty much sweatpants and no boots. Um and I love it. And I'm from there. Everyone that I grew up with is from there. Most are still there. And you went to uh, prom. You had prom at the Radisson at the King of Prussia. Oh, the, yeah. The, and that is the yeah. Radisson, by the way. Like, yeah. you can't beat that Radisson. I believe I mean, it. It was Does better. it, like, overlook the mall and everything? Like, can you see it? You can kind of see the mall if you go out to the street and you look down the road. Sure. Um, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah. And you two are Pittsburgh area. So when we met... Of course, it would be at Penn State, which is where Absolutely. everyone from Pennsylvania meets. Um, I everyone that I, I know I pretty much keep in contact is like from there. And Philly area, though, I feel like in this, I mean, you know what? Let me just say this. Where do you guys want to start? PA, baby. Let's yeah, start in the middle. What do you what college? Are 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 the set? Well, yeah, the center where we met. Yeah, State yeah. College. State college. I've, we okay, talked so about it facts. quite a bit on the podcast. Uh, but fun fact about like tying in judge of election of it all. I remember if you went to vote this year, you got a paper ballot, and that was not like it was everywhere before. Mm -hmm. But it was. I voted in the twenty sixteen, and it was a paper ballot in State College. So we were doing it before any of these other hosts, and that's how it was across the state. And some people were mad about it. They were like, where's the machine? And I was like, literally, you just fill out the circle. <laughs> yeah, it ain't hard. It's yeah. just, that's how it's, and right now it's, of course, everyone panicking about PA, how it's going to decide. And um, yeah, I saw something that I couldn't agree with more when it came to someone tweeting about Pennsylvania, people arguing at Wawa over what sandwich they ordered. And it's like, we should not be deciding elections. And I was like, yeah, I totally fucking agree <laughs> um, with regards to that. But when I see yeah, their I complaints <laughs> about the consistency, I'm like, that is, gosh, once you get out of either Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, and then you have that one little part in the middle, which is state college, mm. it's a very different state once you get into more rural areas and you start speaking to the folks around there and you're like, where am I? You don't. You don't know where you are. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that's very similar for, sure. for, like, I feel like that's very similar for a lot of states where, like, obviously the metropolitan areas are, the like, these blue areas and then every other county is red. Right? But they And then they all have their, um, I believe the most of the people I know from PA are le leaning Republicans. They, they lean Republican for mm -hmm. the most part. I've met a few. It's funny. The ones that I know from home that don't have like most of all like left the state they live in like california or they live in new york or they live in canada or, like they just I'm... live they like got out and everyone else who stays there just kind of like oh yeah i tend to lean red blah 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 now, i don't agree with that but um that's why i have a big conflict sometimes in my brain about going home and having to talk to them and <laughs> not wanting to jump down their throat and be like can you guys just gosh can you be cool can you just stop what you're doing and be cool but sorry no i was done <laughs> that's kind of how i see pittsburgh pittsburgh is kind of this mind fuck of like 
you know, it's like most people know us for the Steelers, which is like the straightest of culture. It's like this blue collar oh town. I got to hear about the Steelers again. Oh, God, no. I tweeted the other day, football sucks, cancel that shit. Like, absolutely. Well, hey, I'm a huge Eagle fan, but that's why I don't like the Steelers. I hate football. <laughs> I think it's bloodlust left over from the um, Coliseum. And it's like, girl, just give me bloodlust. Oh, don't for sure. Me, don't give me slow, rich people, like, whatever. It's, it's the closest thing you'll get to a modern day Coliseum. And they, they literally own, I used to work for the NFL and oh I was in, I was an intern there, uh, okay. a, a seasonal, this was the title seasonal PR assistant Come because on. they need mm-hmm. someone for the season. And then after that, they don't really need you. So mm-hmm. I was working there for a while and yeah, working there. It's like, yeah, these guys, you know, even when something like comes down the line in terms of like a media problem or like they're like criticizing something the league did, they all want to know about it. And so pretty much my job, you know, had to do with it was gossip uh, PR and like, yeah. And, and otherwise gossip, they, gossip. you've seen this in the last few years. Uh, I was only there for one season. And then since then I haven't been there, but they just don't seem to care what the public says about them. They yeah, just say, yeah, we're going to keep doing what we do. Um, and we don't give a sh- we don't give a shit. And Pitt- yeah, Pittsburgh is also like a big hockey town. There's like there's like a there's a masculinity to Pittsburgh. It's gritty. It's steely. You know. But there's oh, also yeah. like this queer underbelly that's like queer as fuck. Like there's a big queer community here, and it's also just like everybody. I feel like getting things done is like queer. As Do home. you feel like it's getting more attention as time goes on? That community. The course in the Merck. I don't yeah, really yeah. know. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I feel like we're just more aware of it because we've grown up as gay adults in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mm. It's not like Pittsburgh has changed a lot. It's gotten like a little bit bigger, gentrified here and there. But um it's still the same old gal kind of. But it's like this mind fuck because there is always that queer underbelly, which is like everywhere. The same thing was in State College, you know. It's the we are here of it all. Uh, Kevin, do you like being from Pennsylvania? Would you say that you really think about it that much? Or is it just a part of your... I do think about it. I've thought about it a lot because there are times where... This is my opinion of New York, and this is why I think about about Pennsylvania sometimes. Mm. Is that I believe New York is the perfect city for your 20s. That's why I moved here when I was 24. And I thought, yeah, perfect time for that. Once you're past that, if you want to like, in my opinion, you know, move to the next stage of your life, I don't think it's good for you forever. I think that it's a perfect, you know, stopping point for you. And because of that, I've thought about, you know, would I go back to Pennsylvania and and live and have a family and my mom, my dad, my brother, you know, sister-in-law, aunts, uncles all live there. So I grew up very tied to my family in Pennsylvania and they're my everything and I love them. but I always wonder, you know, what is it that I don't want to see in my future? Is it going back to that community, like what I grew up with for 20 odd years and then left only to just return to it? Or do I stay in New York where I feel like I'm past the point where I should have stayed, like I've overstayed my welcome? <laughs> and Man. then it's like, what am I staying here for? So it's, it's a bit of both, but I think about Pennsylvania a lot because I do have a love-hate with it. Like, I mm-hmm. I have nice memories of it. The people there I love, but I think the idea of it still scares me away. That's real. 
Yeah, it's not a it's not a personal thing. It's not something that I harbor resentment because of something it did to me. That that isn't <laughs> that isn't what's in me. It, it's what does the Commonwealth do to you? The Commonwealth <laughs> has not done anything to me yet. Show us but I would say that for anyone, for any person, it's a question of where am I going to go um, physically? Because I think physically where you are determines who you are uh, to help me become the best version mm -hmm. of myself that I can be. And I've always wondered that if I spent all that time in Pennsylvania only to go back, is that retracting the progress I've made only to revert back to what I'm used to? Um, or am I strong enough to make that work and continue to grow there regardless? Um, these are questions I ask myself. That's real. <laughs> that's, Evan, that's beautiful. I, I, I think I agree. Like I think about it a lot. I've often heard Pittsburgh described as a boomerang city where people grow up there and then they go off in their adulthood somewhere else and then they move back to Pittsburgh and like yeah. come back mm. eventually, which I don't, I mean, I don't think that that signifies regression or like, like slowed growth or like putting like retre retreating over the progress you've made i think that's just like that's that was good for one part I think of your I'm life and for another part yeah. of your life i think you're right because when i overthink things i sometimes get into that whole you know um gosh tunnel vision of like who i am as a person and you sometimes need that outside bell to ring and go you know, you're not a celebrity, pal. You need to stop thinking of yourself so seriously and then just accept the fact that you want to be near family <laughs> and, like, that's a good enough excuse. It doesn't have to be this, you know, heavy thing on your shoulders. But and I think there's... A, sorry. No, that was that was just to say I, I don't... Uh, I sometimes think I'm overdoing it in terms of uh, brain power, but... Yeah. Too smart. Absolutely. Operating on... I'm just too smart, you guys. That's my problem. Operating on a different level. Said the worst person who ever lived. But to me, it's like, is there, it's like a societal shame a little, like the the regressing, the like being viewed as someone who, you know, did their mm. thing and you're this cliche that just goes back and does whatever. It's like, A, everybody needs to mind their business. Like, A, this is none of anyone's business, right? Like that's just gossip. And it's like, is the shame because... Pennsylvania is viewed as a conservative place, kind of like um, mm. that, like, like all you said, all of your friends who moved away, like tend to lean blue or whatever. It's like, you don't want to be seen as living in Pennsylvania. It's sort of, is it less than like, are we viewed as like a boring state? Like all of these tweets that are like, I never want to have to think about Pennsylvania this much again. Like the view of Pennsylvania is this place that's like, you know, kind I, of rural, kind of pastoral, like, Pittsburgh and Philly stereotypes. Like, you know, this is the way people think about PA, but PA is dope in people a way. Don't, like, people don't I know anything Pittsburgh. about Pennsylvania. Metal like, Pennsylvania had a lot of- Yeah, they don't, they don't know what they're- I, I mean, I talk to my coworker, like anytime it's come up to my coworkers that I'm in Pittsburgh or like I'm like, going to Pittsburgh for holidays or anything. Like I like people from New York, New Jersey don't have a like concept of how big Pennsylvania is and like what the state is mm -hmm. like or like anything about it every time they're like what is that like two hours away it's like no i'm it's like it's like a six <laughs> to seven hour drive from here like i yeah. i am going yeah. so far away to still be in pennsylvania it's a it's a state mm -hmm. that i think people do do kind of overlook because when i talk about like what we were saying earlier about when you get out of the cities it's sort of just a different place altogether in this in the rural areas at pencil is sort of what the middle of the state is 
And yeah. when people hear about that, they think, oh my gosh, no, like I, I would never go back or I look down on it for that. And I right. go, look, first of all, what you were saying about when someone goes back and people gossip and they have to mind their own business, that's exactly what people have to do when it comes to their state. Every state has those parts of it. California's got Republicans Absolutely. in it, you know? Like New York's yeah. got Republicans in it. You know, every state has these areas of it where, yeah, it's it's conservative, yeah. it's it's rural, it could be considered boring. New York has New York has the opposite shame too. It's like if you're born in New York and you never leave, you are like God. That's it. You are there. Yeah, you are a born and bred New Yorker. There's nothing. Where else could you go? Have, there is no up. It's I have like, a friend who thought that way too, and for that reason, she was always struggling with whether or not to leave because what could be better? You know. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I it's think like the world is just full of different places with different buildings and shit. You guys, <laughs> it's all yeah, fine. You gotta live somewhere. I think that there's somewhere. a lot of. There's a lot of like, I think, I mean, removing New York from this discussion, like I think that going back to your hometown probably eats at a lot of people if they left because they wanted to leave and like make it big. Obviously, yeah. Quotation, 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 yeah. quotation, like whatever that means. America so, dreamland. Like, if, if you, you move back to like your smaller right town, like it's just like, it, it, you, like you probably are putting it on yourself that you like aren't, you didn't accomplish that or like, you're even though like you can just redefine success to mean whatever you want it to mean or like mm. you probably still i don't know i just i mean i that's probably something that i'm putting on it from my own perspective uh which is no, like i think you're right sam i think i had that happen in my hometown too what people would ask now again how's the comedy thing going like you know what's up are you like a comedian and yeah i you know i tried and honestly it didn't make me happy and now when they ask i just say no i don't do it anymore and I see these people, and that's the conversation. It's not mm -hmm. a big deal. And I see why people would feel, oh my gosh, I can't go home with my tail between my legs. It's like, you're the, gosh, this is going to sound mean, but this is what I say to myself. So I'm just going to treat it like that. Cool. You're not as big of a deal as you think you are. Don't Nobody think that right everyone, either. that you've got a red carpet in front of you and everyone's paparazziing you as you walk through your life, mm -hmm. wondering what you're up to. It's like, no, most people don't care. I mean, think about how many people you would care about in that way. There's maybe a maybe a couple, maybe a few, but well, no one's- Well, you're talking to the wrong person. There's a I, lot of people sorry, in these K-pop groups, you know, like- <laughs> I've, I mean, I totally agree, Kevin, and I've said it before, like, anxiety like that is so self-centered, and I mean, mm. I feel it all the time mm. regardless, but, I like, every time I take a step back and think about it, I'm like, if I think about it for more than one second, it's like, I don't care about literally anyone in the way that I'm, like, projecting onto them caring about my life. Right. That's exactly right. And so that's actually, for that reason, I would always consider, you know, no, no shame going back to PA and, and being around family Absolutely. and all, but... The other part of it is, and I think we have to cover this part because there's something that always bugged me and it's something that goes both ways regardless of, you know, political views, how you vote. Everyone loves a bubble. Everybody loves a bubble. Oh, it's, it's, it's easy. And familiarity. Who, familiarity. And I used to say to friends, you know, you know, you're in a bubble in Pennsylvania. I'm like, Kevin, you're in a bubble in Brooklyn. It's the same thing. Yeah. You're just in a different bubble. Everybody loves it. My um, sister made me feel a lot more comfortable about going to Penn State because I was like, what are my options right now? And Penn State was one of my very viable options. It's obviously where I chose to like go to college, right? Yeah. But she was like, Joe, 
college kids do the same shit everywhere. You're going to be eating pizza and drinking beer in Boston or New York or State College. It's like, That's girl, great advice. you know, and like everyone in their 20s is smoking weed and doing improv in basements and on roofs. <laughs> like, girl, you're going to you're going to do the thing that and that familiarity. Right. It makes, I mean, it feels like I, cause there's just like, I, this reminds me of TikTok trends or whatever. It's not any one specific thing, but it, I guess this is just all social media, but like people will post something that's like, remember this from childhood or like, remember doing this and it's some hyper specific thing you did as a kid, but like everyone did it. Like, even though we were like four yeah. years old and yes. like, it was just like this random weird thing that we all have the same memory of us doing as kids. And it's just like, oh, like we are all the same like we're all living the same lives, just in different places. My favorite one of those is the turning, um, turning the big wheel upside down and making ice cream. Wow! Did you guys wow! Ever... Wow! wow. I... I've like seen it. I know what you're referring to, but I don't think I've, I've never made that. ice. What do you mean? I've never. Here's made ice what. Cream. See, I thought I was the only one that did this, but then I saw memes popping up or people saying like, "Yo, you didn't have a big wheel unless you did this," and I'm like. Yeah, I totally, what you would do is you would take the big wheel, you would, it was all plastic, right? So, because they were like for children. So you would turn it upside down and you would take the pedals and you would just do this with them. So the big wheel's spinning. And for some reason in my head, I would just say <laughs> I'm making ice cream. And that was how it looked to me. And I would pretend to make it and like give it to family members or whatever. I but I never saw anyone do it. And then I see other people talking about it. I'm like, oh God. So other people, I'm not crazy. Everyone else was doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I never saw it though. There's um, only one of us here, all that bullshit. Like for real, we are just like a group mind that got fucked up one day. It's true though. <laughs> we'll I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't smoke weed in college though. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't. I, I actually never have, but I- Oh yeah, that's iconic of you. That isn't something that I I brag about because do whatever the, do, do whatever you want. Exactly, um, but I've always had a problem with not being completely there. Like I don't know why that's so scary for me, but I could never get over it. And I actually want for you to. Did you guys ever have that issue of like the first time you tried it? Were you? It's terrifying. I mean, like yeah. one of my recurring nightmares in real is that like I just can't remember like gigantic portions of my day or just like. I'd, I oh. just suddenly am somewhere and like have no memory of like what happened. And like, that's just like something I've never all the time about. Uh, and actually that's a huge part of why I've stopped drinking and doing drugs where I'm just like, I don't want to ever feel totally out of control or like, I don't have my like wits about me or like, don't, I just like want my mind to be yeah. good. Stay I want here. to remember things. Stay with me. Like Press there's in. a lot to remember. Yeah, and I love that. I've actually I'm gotten so old in my brain because now I appreciate mornings more than nights, and that is mornings me, are lit. Mornings are the best. Oh my gosh! Like, no offense to late nights drinking with like good friends, which are also good, but like the calm of like eight a.m. on a Sunday morning is pretty nice. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> you throw a cardigan on. You comb your hair. You put it's an energy you can't get anywhere else. The like first early sun rays. Yeah, it's just dope. And yeah, that means uh, my fun is over. <laughs> like it's I done. I totally disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the past year of my life has been so much brighter and better than 
all of the five before oh, it. Sam, that's Absolutely. really nice. No, there's no two ways around it. Drugs and alcohol is poison. Absolutely, Mama. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's actually really cool. Sorry, go ahead. But yeah, no, totally. I I was also very nervous about it at first. Like in high school, I didn't at all. Like I think I was like the summer before college, I did for the first time or something. Oh, we. How did you? Do you remember? Yeah. Did you smoke? Did you I, was like, no, I was like, no, I was like, girl, no, I was like a sailor drinking in high school. Yeah, I was like, fucked up. I was like, could not believe. I was, I was not gonna. No, like, no, no, no. The okay. parties in high school were crazy, but I don't, I don't drink like that now anymore. Like, I don't like alcohol. It's just not to my taste, really. Like, and the alcohols yeah. I do like are weird. Like, I like gin, and I'll have like one. Really, is, you can drink. I I can't stand clear liquor, and I am such a control freak that I plan out my drunk nights so i like have a, a i've quota. seen the facebook posts yeah no, and i have like five a year i haven't had one this year because there's nowhere to go but uh yeah like five a year and i plan like okay i'm drinking with these friends i'm gonna drink this specific alcohol <laughs> and like that's what i do in my brain because i used to be like so against being out of control like i don't I think I got drunk once in high school and i hated it and every other time i was just hosting the party and i was like no don't let me drink i don't want a beer I don't want it. And that's amazing. Yeah. But parties were so stressful. <laughs> when you're not oh drinking, God. they're the most stressful thing. I hated parties where you were just sober sitting there on the couch. You were like, okay, we're at the party now. Everyone is. Everyone is here. Unintelligible. It is so hard to talk to any of these people. Yeah. Um, we would do a lot of risk assessment before the party and like move everything you know so it was trying to be you know low stress would have never worked there was a party i had and this was how i was like I, I just can't win like anything was there there was this party where i had friends over in the basement and one of them got drunk and i don't know why i just started punching the wall like the drywall and was like gonna put a hole in it mm -hmm. and i came over yelling i'm like dude stop punching my wall and this girl next to him was like don't yell at him <laughs> It's like, mind your business. It's like, how am I the asshole? <laughs> my house. He's breaking my house. He's, she, I can't win. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm dead sober. I'm asking a reasonable question and I get, I get yelled at. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, enough about my life. <laughs> Back to PA, if I may. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like, I'm, I'm putting it out there that it's one of the witchiest states in the Union, girl. It, you are right about that. It's witchy as You fuck. are like, right about that. Louisiana obviously has like some rank because of like New Orleans and like all of it. Like there are witchy states out there, but PA, everything is a moody, like slopey, foggy hill. Everything <laughs> used to be there be a church or a funeral home. And girl, the forests are just never ending. Oh. I'm scared is, of Pennsylvania in the is forest. Is Massachusetts still witchy because of Salem, or no, has obviously. it gone too mainstream? Is it? It's a too mainstream now. People no, are sort of like aware say, of it. I'm so sorry, I misspoke. I don't know. I feel like Louisiana for me, I just think about as a big cultural hub of magical energy. But like, girl, Salem as well, obviously up there. Obviously, yes, I would say Salem, Massachusetts. You know, Salem gets a lot of attention, and I don't know if either of you have ever picked up this book. My my brother did because my brother. Um, he's always been into like uh, paranormal stuff. And Ooh, there was this book, Weird, Weird Pennsylvania. Have you ever read it? Sounds familiar. No. 
it's it's a big book. I'm sure if you've ever had a friend that was relatively interested in it and they live in PA, they probably have this book somewhere. And it tells you of like all the weird stuff that mm-hmm. has happened or legends of Pennsylvania. And you're both from Pittsburgh area, so I'll, I'll tell you this. There's one thing in my area that people went to go try to find, and it was this place called Satanville. And mm-hmm. I you know, look, I go to church. I'm a scaredy cat. I would, I wouldn't go searching for places like that. But what apparently <laughs> it is, is this place that had, it's like a burnt down church that looked like it had been, it looked like it had exploded because apparently oh. the tree, the trees around it are all going away from it. They're all like, it's a Chernobyl scenario. It almost looks like it. And if you were ever going, going down there to find it, uh, you would get chased out by, if you were looking at, it, you, it's like a specific area of the woods where you're driving there in your car, you're on back roads, you can't really mm-hmm. see. And apparently if you were back there at night, someone would chase you out and you didn't know who it was. It was just like another car. They would get on your bumper. They would be, they would holler and you would just drive out of there until you got away from them. Wow. And that's, yeah, there's an area like that where I'm from and I'm not surprised to hear it's the witchy estate because every time I'm hearing a story about Pennsylvania, like like mm-hmm. folklore or whatever, I'm like, yeah, I'm not surprised. It's- I know. There's this performance art piece I've wanted to do for so long. It's like this one lake, my friend Helen from Penn State, LOL. She is from, oh my God, somewhere outside of Pittsburgh. And she one time went to this like lake late at night and there's a bridge across of it. Or maybe it's a river. Girl, I think it's a lake. Irregardless. Water body. Girl, water body. I think it's a lake because the legend goes that there used to be, like, there was uh, a lady there who everybody called a witch. And she, like, when they hung her for witchcraft or whatever, she cursed the town to flood. And then, like, two years later, it fucking did. And there was a lake there. Oh, my God. So I want to go and, like, do something in the lake, performance arty, and, like, maybe film it from the bridge. I don't know. That'd be eerie. I was just thinking about it. Huh, no, PA? not in Erie. It's outside Pittsburgh. It's outside Pittsburgh. It's not Erie. Classic. No, classic. I, that was a very good joke. A very good Pennsylvania joke. Thanks. But like, that's the Pennsylvania vibe. It's like the week. It does have that, you know, civilized feeling during the day. At night, you just, I look around wherever I go if I'm out at night in Pennsylvania and there's that's, deer fucking everywhere. There's deer everywhere. I can't stand the deer. I mean, um, Oh, sorry. Go on. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, continue. I talk, I talk continue. Hard. Kevin, what were you saying about the deer? I was saying um, with regards to haunting stuff, because this is a story from, from my childhood. So I have, my grandmother would break out the Ouija board when we were kids. <gasps> oh, I wish I had and one on me. It's in my program. The reason. So she's always been kind of a pseudo medium. Uh, that's my, I call her my Mimi. That's Marie. Kevin, uh, your family is like the X-Files. Yeah. Dude, my family, my meme and I, I call her my meme. She is, she's been married four times, divorced Work. four times. Work. She's got a dog who's 17 years old. It's the longest relationship she's ever had. And she's happy. Um, she's, she's hilarious. She'll call you if there's, she will not drive in the snow. She will call you if there's <laughs> blurries and she will go, Kevin, Oh my God, it's snowing. And I go, well, you'll just have to go home. She's like, I can't, it's flurrying. <laughs> um, she's the best. But when mm. I, we, when we were children, the first house I lived in was 209 Rolling Road. This is in Broomall, Pennsylvania. And it was my, um, obviously my parents, my brother and I. And that house was haunted, apparently, because what had happened was, and my my grandmother, my meme found this out, was that 
she found out that the previous tenant had died unexpectedly and apparently still haunted the house. And there were moments during the night where on a couple of occasions we would hear music coming from our basement. My dad would go check it out and no one was down there. And there was this one incident. Music? Music. And it would stop. It would would be like this noise. You would just hear it. It would be faint. And you go check it out and it it was gone. Mm -hmm. And this one night, um, according to my grandmother, she was looking after my brother and I. She was giving us like a bath upstairs because we were kids. And my parents were out. She hears something in the house and she goes out to look in the hallway and she sees a man walking. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 like a figure. And she freaks and she like shuts the door and she's like, oh, my God. And then ever since then, she had like brought out the Ouija board to like try to communicate with him. Now, mm-hmm. thank goodness, this apparently was the spirit of the man who had died and that was who was communicating. But with regards to every movie you've ever seen with a Ouija board, that's not the thing you're supposed to do. So oh, yeah, definitely not. That's the first sign of trouble. Don't do that. But my mean do wasn't scared. Don't break out the Ouija board. Oh my yeah. Don't like try to communicate with a specific ghost though. You're not gonna leave it alone. Hmm. That's my Or just be direct. <laughs> be direct. Just, just to ask it a question. Uh, what would you be- ask? Who did your nails? <laughs> In the afterlife. <laughs> I would be like, I love that music. Can you make me a playlist? Yeah. Are you into? This was in like 1996, so I don't know what question you would ask in 1996. Do you have picks? <laughs> Can you make me a cassette? You, you think you think uh, Clinton's going to get reelected? <laughs> yeah. Tell me about the future. <laughs> to, oh, I mean, well. on Missed Pittsburgh's witchiness specifically, Joe, I think it was last holiday season, maybe two ago. You, me, and your cousin went out, went around Pittsburgh to like four different witch stores that were all like. Oh yeah! Oh, Wait a minute. Like there are four witch stores. There were multiple. We oh went my to several. my favorite one is called Hocus Pocus. It's in right. Oakland. I walked by it today. It's amazing. There's mm-hmm. just like a nine pointed star on the floor with like all this symbology, and you're just like, how many goats have been sacrificed in here? I stand. It's like they have a lot of good shit. Like you can, I always restock on some like. Some nice, good, like, smudgings, materials. A lot of good candles in there. A lot of good candles, a lot of good powders, a lot of good spell crafting things. Mm -hmm. It's a fun store. But there's a ton. Do you go in there and, like, ask advice? And do they provide you with, like, recommendations on things? Like, what would you ask if you go in there and you're like, I want some... The first time I went in there, I was so scared. Really? Yeah, I was, like, wearing a yellow shirt. And I was like, it's so goth in here. I look like such an idiot. Like, get me out. Because, like, the dude behind the counter is definitely, like, some cool pagan guy. But, like, yeah, I was a little intimidated. But There's the, nothing, when, when, yeah. I, when I went in there, someone was like, do you have a recommendation for the right kind of crystal to use for something, something, something? <laughs> it was, I was just like, he probably does. I Like, he, this is his thing. Yeah. What crystals do you have? Yeah. Other this than is, the crystal meth out back. We know that's, well, that's that is out back. That's a big, big Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I mean, there's a serious narcotics issue in our country. Yeah. Uh, 
but let, I think that this was a good survey of Pennsylvania. I feel like we got it. We got a lot off our chest. This was a beautiful conversation. How do you guys I feel? I loved it. Thank you. I think yeah. we covered a lot of just. I agree. Um, let's, Kevin, we're going to move into our final segment of the show called Iconic, okay. Not Iconic. Uh, it's where we have three topics. We'll bring. We'll go through them one by one, and on the count of three, we will uh, all say whether we think that thing is iconic or not iconic, and then we'll discuss. Okay. Sick. I'm ready. Uh, You're gonna do great. First yeah. up, we have Jeffrey Zakarian. Now, who is this? Could help you <laughs> decide who what you think of uh, the they make the answer. Maybe I do know him. Do I know him? Do you think? Probably. What is he? What does he do? What is his claim? Uh, he's on the Food Network. Jeffrey Zakarian. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Is he on Chops and shit? Yeah. I've seen him as a judge. I've seen him as a judge. Okay, I'm sorry. I know who he is. Okay. Um, three, two, two one. one. Not iconic. Not iconic. <laughs> I think he's not iconic. I feel I like no one really knows he who he is. No. I don't think he is either. And I'm looking at his website, and it's not a fun website. And it's also not secure. As I'm, I'm browsing it, I'm like, why is his website not secure? The thing I look most for is web security. Yeah. Oh, he's 5'11". No. Oh no. Never. Here's the yeah. thing. And I remember his critiques on Chops being, like, late. Like, sir, like, I remember not agreeing with him. <laughs> is it sort of, do you do the same thing with um, Great British Baking Show? Oh, my God. I just started a new season. I fucking stand. I think that it's always uh, destined of Paul Hollywood to follow up with Prue's minor compliment on a piece of a, a bakery item with, so this isn't good. <laughs> and it's, yeah, they have a really good, good cop, bad cop going. I like that. I, I'm a fan of that show, but this guy, um, Jeff Sicarian, not, not a fan. Yeah. Don't like him. Not yeah. Him. I can't think of a single thing he's ever said. And I just, you know, I think that he is a food network personality that has no, uh, staying power or, you know, he's star quality. Yeah. He's not popping. I think he's an iron chef, but I don't know enough about him to know. Let me uh, try the food. Let me try the food and then I'll, and then I'll change my mind. Sure. I agree with that. I would love to try some of this chef's food, but that doesn't, just because someone is a really good chef doesn't mean they're a really good television personality and that's the team and you need to find the balance to be able to food network mm-hmm. or and you know mr zakarian's case you don't uh just like spike your hair you know he dresses well i'll give him credit for that he does dress well but nothing he looks like someone if i said um i don't want to know anything that he has to say sam you're kind of sorry go ahead no, I was, I was that was it. I, I was gonna say your glasses give me him because in like this picture he has like these clear glasses on. Mm. But like I don't know, he needs a new look. He looks like, yeah, he looks better in like a chef's like this weird like chef's coat. I need him to be more spiritual. I like my chefs like enlightened. You know what I mean? Like I don't want you wearing a suit. You're a chef. Yeah, in in suits, his suits look fine. But yeah, he does look a little bit like it's yeah. they're almost like Tim Gunn suits. And exactly, you're like, no, it's Tim like, Gunn has that look, and you can't steal it. Yeah, he looks too buttoned up. He looks like almost gay, and I like don't think he's gay. Mm, I hate that. Is he gay? You, I don't, I don't know. know. Let's find I, out. I don't think so. I think he, I read the word wife on his Wikipedia page. Yeah, whatevs. What we got next, I mean? 
Next up, we have Checkmate. Wow. Three, two, two one. one. Iconic. Not iconic. Whoa. Wow. Kevin, Why you so? go off, please. Because you're talking Checkmate. Well, I don't know what it is, so it's not iconic. In chess, when you're you are in uh, checkmate, the concept of checkmate, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's iconic or not iconic? Oh God, uh, you know what? I still say no. Wow, no, I still say no. Why so? I say that because I never have played a game of chess long enough to appreciate checkmate. <laughs> I get wow. very bored, and I don't think that it's worth the result. I think that if it I think if you were allowed to do something to your opponent after getting checkmate, that would be an iconic move. But the act on the board, I don't think it's that major. I'm sorry. That's wow. why do you guys think it's iconic? It's the end of the game. It's where you're like, buddy, I've got you cornered in every possible way. Yeah. It's, it's like game like over because I outplayed you. It's the definition of like apex and like strategery and like all sorts of bullshit. I, I just think it's like always like such a climactic moment. I'm thinking of it cinematically. I'm also thinking about it like Chris Swainar, friend of the pod. We play some chess games every now and then. Chess is cool. It's like so old and like I'm obsessed. I don't know. We're all kind of obsessed with like the king and queen mentality. Like the monarchy mm. still holds so much like visual power in our culture. I feel like it's too it's too between the ears. Like it's so uh, it's so much about strategy and tact that it almost takes the drama out of it. It takes the emotion out of it. Mm. I think maybe that's why. That's real. Not, not to say that it's not cool. Like, hey, if you do it and you're great at it, good on you. But if you're it's doing also it, very buttoned up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little a robots too, game. A mm. Jeffrey Zakarian of a game. <laughs> And it's like the the AI are getting better at chess than like humans. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Or like they're just in like inventing new ways to play. Like when two AIs play against each other, like they do moves that no one ever did to think of before or shit. And you're like, did you just make up those moves so that the computer can win? I don't, yeah. That's can the stuff. computer just like moves the pieces in ways that they're not supposed to? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> apparently there's only like, it's a big number, but there's only like, so many ways like it can go down or like there's only like methods to play or i don't fucking know but when the computers do it against each other no shit happens that's interesting i didn't yeah, know no i don't know i just read the headline probably i forget last up we have fred from scooby-doo wow well, um, three, three two, two one. one that's an iconic Iconic. I'm like I'm like loosely iconic. I get that he is an icon and like Fred is iconic, but I feel like every He's other kind member of the least iconic member. That's what I'm saying. Say not iconic. I'm gonna say iconic because name another person that pulls off the ascot. Yeah, never mind. I'm going back to iconic. I think it's he's still icon. an icon, but he is easily number <laughs> five his... of the five. I would agree yeah. with that, but I think yeah, the his look is, is iconic is iconic but if he did, if he was just wearing a t-shirt the whole time no one would care he's just the least dynamic member like even in the if we're going back to og scooby-doo like the 60s cartoon he's the quote-unquote leader but like he's the flattest character i'm saying it like even daphne yeah. who's been labeled as this like bimbo it's like she has more of a compelling story to me than miss fred and it's it, tough like, because as fred <laughs> 
Oh God, Scrappy. I mean, as a Fred, like it's hard <laughs> yeah. for me to be speaking in this way for my man, but like I, I recognize it in myself and in him that, you know, we are the least iconic of the group. As no. a Shaggy, I have to say, it's all cool, man. Like everyone's cool, mm -hmm. like we're all cool. And as a Velma Dinkley. <laughs> um, Dinkley? I don't know who, who would you say is a Velma Dinkley? If you had to pick a celebrity who matches Velma. Wow. Who would that be? I mean, it's hard because I'm not sure there are exactly. Like, I feel like there aren't a lot of, yeah, I Obby, guess like that's sort of I mean, thing. she played her, I thought of her immediately, but she played her in that live action movie. So like everyone thinks of her, but I'm, I'm thinking like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to like dampen Velma's name with okay, the celebrity I'm thinking of. But what I like, what you were saying about Fred being flat is true. But what I like about the newer iterations of Scooby Doo is that they're actually like trying to add to him. Yeah, and he's just this guy who's like obsessed with traps. Like he just like yeah. It's I have seen thing. episodes of that show, and I do think it's funny when he's obsessed with traps and doesn't even know that Daffy's coming on to him. Just to go, just to correct ourselves before that. people. Oh, it was Linda. <laughs> it's not Janita Garofalo. It's Linda Cardellini. Who that's it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I do think that Janine Garofalo is a good example of a Velma celebrity. I would like to go through the so. So that's an example of a Velma. Who's a good? Who's a Fred of a celebrity? I think most right. Hollywood most men are yeah Fred. Okay. would be a Fred. What's like, his name? Captain America. Yeah, Chris, like Chris Evans. Evans is a Fred. Oh, Fred. I feel like like I mean he's yeah. maybe a little bit more of a person than like this cartoon character, but I don't know. He's got the silhouette. What about Daphne? Oh my god! And, like again, I feel like a lot of A-list women are Daphne types. Daphne type. Mm. Trying to think. Edna mm -hmm. Mode. I was gonna say Edna Mode gives me Daphne. I mean, Velma. <laughs> she's a cartoon. <laughs> she gives me Daphne boots. I'm comparing cartoons. <laughs> you never said we could. She's it. He's got a point. Wait. Well, what about Anna Winter? She's kind of giving you. Oh Velma gosh. Eyes. She's giving you glasses. She's giving you the bob. I'm giving Anna you both those things. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Is Anna Winter serving Velma realness in a way? In a way, this yes. week on we're on, next week we'll have the answer for you. The silhouette matches. We'll, we'll be back. We'll get the AI to run some tests. <laughs> True. When computers attribute cartoon characters to celebrities, new things happen. New that things no one ever thought about before. <laughs> um. Well, this was wonderful, the, Kevin. We've reached the end of our show. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And I have to say the time really flew and um, it's just so nice to get to chat with some old friends and thank you so much for having me on. Aww, Kevin. So happy well, to have you on. Yeah, this was great. Before Anytime. we start doing plugs, we want to remind, well, I mean, we want to remind everyone to go out there and get tested. Yeah. Uh, very important. Know Rona your status. Rona's still raging. Yeah, Rona rages onward and forward. Uh, we want to remind everyone to go out and register to vote and to vote. Uh, kind of, I mean, it's sort of weird to say that one today as it is, you know, directly past the election. But, uh, you know, look to the future. If you weren't registered in this election, make sure you're registered in the, for the next one. And yep. there uh, there's people. Sorry, stay on top of politics. If it's yeah. going to happen and it's going to be a better world, stay involved, stay 
uh, stay to attention. It's not going to be fixed because of what you just watched. It's actually just going to be the start of more good things to come. So please pay attention. Let's look into our local issues and like know things about what's going on around us, not just at the highest level. Exactly. Street girl. A lot of people, some people came to the polls yesterday and thought they were registered and they weren't, and I couldn't let them vote. It felt terrible. It was only like two people, but I called those sound awful. I, I ran it up the totem pole and they were like, yeah, these people are not registered. It was terrible. Yikes. I know. That's rough. But fact, like, make sure, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's important. It's so important. easy to check. Mm -hmm. It's hard to believe that someone would be able to do that, not know that they weren't registered. But I, you know, it's it's hard. I mean, I guess it's actually not hard to believe because our country actively promotes our citizenship not voting. But uh, anyway, let's move on. Finally, we want to remind everyone to give back and give, you know, their time, energy, effort, money if you have it, anything back to a cause you believe in and a better society. Uh, Kevin, where can people find you if you want them to find you? And what are what should people be on the lookout for? Gosh, um, be on the lookout, I guess, for my engagement photos, which oh we, God, yeah. Yeah, we did those a month ago. And gosh, thank you so much. My hair looks thin in half of them, so we didn't <laughs> pick those half. We picked uh, others. Absolutely. And yeah, we're going to post those soon to my, if you're friends with me on Facebook, hey, you'll get to see them. And I'll send you some wigs. Thank you, <laughs> please. Um, yeah, other than that, um, Getting married on December twelfth, which is great. Uh, small ceremony. Beautiful. And uh, other than that, nothing else coming up. And if you want to find me, honestly, follow me on Instagram. I'm watermelon underscore smasher, and I'll <laughs> post some pics. You can like them, and that's the end of the transaction. I love that, Kevin. I'm surprised you haven't gotten on board with the, or I guess maybe I'm just not seeing it, but like the. A front-facing camera character videos. I feel like that is perfectly suited for you know you. when I see a market is flooded. I, I don't. I don't want to just throw another bucket of water on it. Mm, that's fair. You know what I mean. But yeah. I know I should. May, maybe one day I'll try something and just say, you know what? We'll see if they like this. Mm. And uh, then you can like it because it'll be on Instagram. <laughs> Joe, where where are you these days? Talk you about your show coming up. Oh yes. my god, there's a can Zoom. We watch that? Yeah, I'm sure like Zoom has a thousand people capacity, I think. So like fill it up, girl. But it's a Zoom drag show with a bunch of fun queens who used to go to Penn State. It'll be fierce. Hosted by PSU Opulence, the drag student club. So it'll be cute. It'll be really fun. And that's yeah, that's on my Insta. I'll repost it. I was tagged in it. I'll repost it. And you can, that's my Insta at QueerVoqueen, and it's the same on Twitter. Sammy, where can the peeps find you? Well, you can follow this podcast, that word on the straights, that's tier 8S on Instagram and Twitter. We're constantly posting when we got a new episode out. Uh, I'm at, on Instagram and Twitter at Sam Stanish, and you can follow my other podcast at Bitterdrewers Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. Next episode, one Joe McMahon is the guest. So, major pod crossover incoming. Incoming. Kev, this That's was it. so lovely. Thank you yeah, for being great. with us and gracing us. That was so great, guys, and I will do it anytime you ask. Oh, well, <laughs> love you, Kevin. Stay Bye, safe. guys. Bye, everybody. Love you, too. Bye. Congrats on your wedding. Hey, thanks. <laughs>